bandwidth for the Weird Things podcast provided by Wired Tree. For sites of any size and world-class customer service, head on over to wiredtree.com. Hello and welcome to the Weird Things Podcast. I'm Andrew Main, joined by Justin Robert Young. Hello! And Mr. Bryce Castillo. Hi everybody, the fourth time is the charm. Gentlemen, yeah. there was a pretty big first that happened two weeks ago in Las Vegas. Ooh, did somebody win at roulette? Is that, did someone win <laughs> no. at roulette for the first time? No, um, still can't happen. The the first member of uh, uh, David Copperfield's crew to test positive for COVID. <laughs> oh, good Lord. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it was a national story. It that was, was a, a real one. Story. It was <gasps> a national story. Yeah. Oh no. No, I didn't know that. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was a national uh, thing. Oh. Uh. So uh, what I'm talking about here is Virgin Hyperloop. This is one of the companies that decided they wanted to try to make Hyperloop a real thing. This is not the same thing as the tunnel that Elon Musk and the Boring Company are digging in Las Vegas. But they've actually conducted a test of on their dev loop test track outside Las Vegas, Nevada, where they put the first two passengers into one, into a hyperloop transport and sent them pretty fast. Uh, they say yeah. they accelerated to a brisk hundred miles per hour down the length of the track. I mean, that's red. I mean, because because the the idea here being that this is something that uh I mean, I guess for 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 what they want to build here, th this would go to L.A. or or would it go to 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 other parts of of Vegas? Where 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 are they building here for the the Virgin? Virgin? I think this is just a test track. I think this is just right yeah. now in a test phase. I don't think they've done anything to gotcha, go to clear gotcha. So or there's make it no because it was the boring company that wanted to go from the Vegas airport to the strip, right? Convention center. Yeah. So, they yeah. have a con actually a convention center. They have the connect parts of the convention center right now. Gotcha. Um, wow. So it's, it, this is cool. Like this is a, this is a, a, you know, a real proof of concept for, for Hyperloop. Yeah. They're making, you know, forward progress on it. I don't know. I'm looking at the vehicle that they're using here and I don't know how much, how similar it is to actually what, was proposed originally or whatever, but it certainly shows there is this, you know, we we're we've gone back and forth on this because it's very difficult. It's a very complex engineering thing. There's a lot of moving parts figuratively, literally to something like this, but clearly because there's a lot of energy behind this coming from different areas, we know we need another form of transportation that surface transportation, but very fast. We would like a yeah. really fast surface transportation. In something that's not as uh, bullet trains work to a degree, but the problem is, is you know, bullet trains, you know, putting them in, there's still an upper limit how fast they can go, and you have problems with bullet trains through, you know, we've never really been able to get one going in the United States for a lot of reasons, and you know, we have like a California bullet train is like the slowest bullet train ever. It's, you know, yeah, a Nerf train because it's it really is, you know, when when was the the the, the Shinkansen there in in uh, 
Japan first installed it. It's like 20 year old technology, right? Like, like if like, it, like the 80s now, yeah. Okay, yeah. So like 40 uh, uh, year old technology. So it's like, yeah. in terms of that, if, if we're even just reimagining something that was successful in places, uh, uh, oh, wow. 1964 in, in the to for the initial Tokaido Shinkansen. Uh, wow. No. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think it, it, it's a great idea that really deserves an upgrade. And also, uh, it, it's it's a great time, I think, to to reimagine these kinds of things. Like, obviously, the technology is there, but we're in a a tremendous upheaval in a lot of different ways, obviously. And uh, uh, the, the the concept of of building something like this, I think, is is uh, you know the, the the time is right. The question, of course, in in America is exactly uh, how you put something like this together. But then again, you got to have a uh, have a, a, a the the text got to be there to even begin to realistically have that conversation. Yeah, there are a lot of things to be solved. I remember I visited one of these companies that was working on this. It wasn't this one, but another company that had been working on some tech. And they had this, it raised millions of dollars and you go into their, you go into their offices and they had these big LC displays showing graphics of the way it could be used and everything going on. And, and I was like, it was all kind of dog and pony show. It was one of these things yeah. where I'm like, this is not, you know, like, oh, we could use it for like cargo offloading. Or I'm like, that's like a horrible inefficient use of this because you don't need a Hyperloop to go faster than your cranes, <laughs> you know, that's yeah. just sounded like they're just trying to create you know, a need because we know that it's just super, super hard to do stuff, you know, to get this thing working. So, um, yeah. And, and that's where I think, you know, initially the concept that, that Elon Musk put out in terms of a California version was like, okay, it runs alongside of Interstate Five, which I just drove over the weekend and and down to San Diego, and it's like that's owned by the state or whatever. But then the the newer version of it is, hey, we dig tunnels, and tunnels are easier to do than uh, uh you know going through any kind of regulation in terms of uh, where it runs on uh, above ground. But I guess even just the idea of like, okay, Hyperloop works. That's a great first step. If, if if this is like, hey, we we've we've run it. It runs fast. The technology is there. There are two very pretty people that were in this. We're watching the video now of a Virgin putting uh, two attractive people in a hyperloop and it going. It's seemingly going very very fast on this test track. So uh, that is that, that that is an amazing first step. And then the next is just going to be like, all right, well then. Where does it go and who wants to use it and, and what's the price? And that's really where the rubber meets the road, which is odd because there's going to be no rubber meeting any road in a Hyperloop. Yeah, although with this, it's interesting because what's what was called the Hyperloop and what this looked like seems substantially different. I'm trying to figure out if this is just sort of a, a monorail and a tube or, you know, oh, okay. way it's working here. I don't know. I, I, I genuinely don't know. Um, yeah, it, it looks, looks like, like they're loading a capsule into a tube. Uh, but we don't see much of like, cause this is supposed to be like in a vacuum within the tube, right? We don't really see much of that. And I don't think procedure. it is a vacuum. I don't think it's, I, I, to my understanding, it is a tube, but the, it's using wheels on a track on either side. Hmm. And I don't think oh, there's then any that's sort of, just, uh, that's, that's just a, uh, that's, that's a, a train, a genuine bona fide six car monorail. <laughs> yeah. A hundred miles an hour is like, yeah, it's so. Not downplaying it. Maybe really... we don't understand something going. 
but it's it's not the big you know uh, no. pneumatic tube promise. Yeah, because that was the yeah. idea was that it would like kind of hover like a like a like an air hockey disc like yeah. and and that's that's part of why it would be able to go as fast and be you know a, a, a frictionless experience. Yeah, this looks like a vehicle motorized vehicle going down a track inside of a tube. <laughs> Sunbun so in our track yeah, calls it, is a love if roller you've ever coaster. Been to Disney good. World or if you've ever been to Walt Disney World <laughs> and you know been on the monorail. It's looking like Which that. is fun. It's a fun monorail. It's fun. You know, it's a nice it's a nice little So I mean then I guess like maybe the 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 thing we take out of this segment is that does the name Hyperloop mean anything or, or are we just well, all going around and and saying it? Yeah, and that's the only thing to clarify. There are several groups trying to build Hyperloop systems. This is Virgin Hyperloop, which is not, you know, just separate from boring companies, separate from what other efforts are. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess anybody can kind of use the term right now, but um, this one is not not what we are promised. Right. But. Huh. I, uh, hmm. yeah, that makes it very weird because I, I, I like, this is like, this is a great news story if it is a proof of concept of the idea of the of the hyperloop with the low air pressure and you know the the reduced friction and air resistance and all that stuff like that this story makes a lot of sense when it's that but if it's not that then yeah this is just a very cool uh Disney park attraction Yeah and there there might be Again, apologies. We may not be understanding what's going on here, but what we saw in the demonstration and what it looked like, it looked like a thing on tracks inside yeah, a tube that wasn't when, evacuated of air. When, when, when you go to the Wikipedia that Bryce just showed for Hyperloop, it basically says that what, what we understand, the uniting concept of what a Hyperloop is, is just a proposed mode of passenger and freight transportation then first used to describe as an open source vac train design so i mean i I don't know although it does say hyperloop is a sealed tube with a system of tubes and lower air pressure which a pod may travel substantially free of air resistance or friction so i guess that is the baseline although who knows if, if virgin if this is a virgin hyperloop which means something totally different yeah i don't know so uh yeah, I'm curious to see. What they've been doing when they do the tests, like over at the uh, SpaceX factory, they have a big, huge. This is you know the, the Elon Musk has been looking over. They have a like a one meter tube that runs the length of the property, and that's where students go in the building. That's genuinely they evacuate the air from there or whatever, as far as I understand it, you know, and they make it as close to a realistic scenario as you can to test it through there to see how fast vehicles can go. And so the, that's where they're trying to go for like the real legit like you know no rails within the tube etc and maybe maybe you know reading a little bit of the write-up on the verge like maybe this is all because this is the first test with humans maybe this is at a slower speed to test out the safety infrastructure and and make sure that it can just get from point a to point b um which yeah i just know the 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 width between the wall of the vehicle and tunnel is different than what you know the idea of to try to take advantage of the flow um Hmm. yeah all right yeah because well hey there's a a quote the quote 
This is no one has done anything close to what we're talking about right now, says the CEO, Jay Walder. This is a full scale working heart that is not just going to run in a vacuum, but is going to have a person in it. Well, is this one running in a vacuum? Yeah. I mean, if that's the plan, then it's at least built for that. Even if we're not it? seeing it, it would have to be, right? I'm. I don't know. I'm not a. I'm not a, I'm not a rocket scientist. I'm not a vacuum scientist here, <laughs> but I, it looks to me like there's something fishy going on in the desert. Yeah. Anyhow, I uh, hope they, hope they succeed. Yeah. Yes, we do too. You want to know what else I hope succeeds? Hmm. Uh, international commerce, and and we're a small part of that here on Patreon.com. Slash weird things. You can support this program. If you head on over there right now, get the custom RSS feed. Guys, I can't tell you enough that this is something that will make your life better. You're going to put it in the podcatcher of your choice. You're going to get the shows early. You're going to get our after things show early. It, it, it really is just the better way to live. So head on over there right now. Patreon.com slash weird things. That's right. Gentlemen, I have a question for you. Are you ready for an optical Shoot. illusion? I am. Yes, always. I'm Never always ready for an optical ready. illusion. So I sent Bryce a link, and we'll have to describe this to our audience at home mm -hmm. or on podcast. We're listening. And this is, you know, every year there's like, I don't know if this is from there, but there is like, you know, like they give out awards for like best optical illusions because they're researchers trying to find new and novel ones. And sometimes you get reworked principles things that you know have been done before but you see new twists on them and it's always sort of surprising even 2020 we're finding simple little hacks that all of a sudden make us think we're seeing something yeah so here we go uh, this is a tweet from uh jagarikin um that's cool i i think i did see this on, on reddit the other day so uh justin Probably. uh what what are we looking at here well, it looks to me like there is a series of men that are going up a escalator uh, and then they are leaping off and they are landing on the ground and uh, then they are running, uh, but they are flashing different colors. But holy moly, if you actually pause it, these little guys aren't even moving at all. It's just it's just pulsing, and and the guy on the ground is just running in place. The people on the escalator are, are staying there. This is nuts. Yeah, it's a very convincing illusion, and it, it just because yeah, you look at it like oh yeah, they're jumping and they're falling and they're running, and then you stop and you look, and even when you look closer, your brain's telling you like yeah, I know they're moving. And you're like no, no brain, you're you're wrong. Well, and wow. What what makes it interesting is the the last little stick figure here is actually animated in a walk cycle but he's stationary but because of the color the colorama effect where it's going through the rainbow of colors it does look like he keeps inching forward maybe he'll get there bryce leave it going uh, maybe maybe <laughs> it's great is if you if you isolate like if you even just look at the stairs like you can almost convince yourself that they're still going up oh no it looks like the 
it looks like the stairs are moving upward and that the guys, I mean, that's part of the brilliance of this is that it doesn't look like the little men on the stairs are climbing the stairs. It looks like the stairs themselves are moving in an escalator fashion. And wow, this is brain melting. Wow. That's cool. All right, so so where can people find this? Because I'm sure on an audio podcast, people are like, cool. <laughs> we'll have a link really in the great. show notes. We'll link it in the show notes there. Yeah. But, well, I mean, where, can, can you just point us to the, the, the oh, geez, no, it's a Japanese. Yeah, uh, go ahead, Justin. Read it out for everybody. Uh, no, it is J-A-G-A-R-I-K-I-N on, uh, on Twitter. That is where we're seeing it. And it's a, it's a tweet from November 19th, 2020. You should be able to find it if you just enter that in and then search and then see the brain melting uh, uh, gif that that is that is in that tweet because holy crap that is that is crazy our brains are so fragile just fragile little delicate flowers where we have so much information flooding from our senses our eyes and everything our brain has to have these little hacks to make sense of things and that's what optical illusions are they just exploit this oh you're going to make this assumption when i do this and it reveals kind of the programming in our brain that's kind of like the um the shepherd tone i believe it's like a visual version mm-hmm. of, that sh- of the shepherd tone if people don't know that that is i think i can play maybe a little bit here but this is where it sounds like you're listening to a pitch or an assembly of pitches that keeps rising in tone um, let's see Right, so it's definitely getting higher pitched. But if you keep listening long enough, you wonder like, well, how how high can it go? One hour later, ah! we're still. <laughs> and so, yeah, so it's it, because it's it's basically uh, an assembly of multiple uh, voices that are each going up in pitch while their volume is going down. So you get this rising sound, but uh, you're kind of just listening to the same section of audio looped effectively. And it creates this idea that you are constantly it's a constantly rising pitch and you can do it yeah, the other cool. way as well. Yeah, play it again, and I'll tell you what the thing to listen for, Justin, is how many tones do you actually hear? I would say either two or three. That's the key, is you sort of feels like it's one initially, but then that's sort of like it's that one wave going over another, and you kind of pick up on this other one, and so Mm -hmm. it's like surfing, kind of. You're just sort of... Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Shepherd's tones. Yeah. No wonder Space Mountain rules. Like mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's like like the secret to eighty percent of the the the, the ambiance of Space Mountain. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I I've played that soundtrack like just to chill out. They've got all the so many different versions. All right, I've sent you a link to a Flickr photo. We forgot to talk about Crew Dragon. The first official, the last time we saw astronauts on the Dragon, it was a test mission. This is the first official. Let's send astronauts to the space station. And he sent four of them up there. 
and we're looking at a Flickr photo here, and there is something very interesting in this image that, and all the live feeds I've seen, they've never, and they may have, but I may have missed it. They've never talked about. Oh, okay. Um, Hold on. We're, we're playing, we're playing hide and seek here. Is it this bottle of clear liquid that I believe is probably vodka? Is could the, be, could be. The Notice they, they stow their stuff on the windows up on top that just to orient yourself, you see the, the very top. That's yeah. the hatch. That's the, that's when they dock with the space station or uh, dock with the space station. That's where they go in and out of. There's the other hatch. They enter and it's the other side. So there are two hatches. And we see them looking at their their packets, whatever, and they're strapped in. I think, is that the back row? So this they sent four astronauts up, by the way. I think the thing can hold seven. So I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. Yeah. Now that you know, here they are. They're sort of floating up, you know, where the top, where bottom is, all that, everything is. You know, there's a toilet on board. No, no, I, I didn't. didn't. Well, I mean, I, I guess I, I would presume there would be because there, there, there was a toilet, a weird chemical toilet on on other previous spacecraft. So uh, as this is the like first class version of, uh, of you know, all spacefaring vehicles, I would presume there would be a toilet. Yeah, the toilet's in the shot. The toilet is in the shot. Is it what? Yeah. Uh, is it this little white backpack looking thing here? No, no, no. That's just a dude's backpack. That's just a backpack. Is is it that gray thing behind him? This uh, this nope. NASA supplies. No, is no. it the thing that they're? Is it the thing that they're holding that kind of looks like a sub, like a Jimmy John sub? No, that's not the toilet. Okay, is it? Oh, <gasps> is it the vodka jug? <laughs> no, okay. it's not the toilet. It probably wouldn't be clear, Justin. <laughs> is my guess. It's probably not. I don't know. Clear. I mean. You know, there's medical value. Is it? It's not the hatch, right? They're not like <laughs> going. You up just, you just, do you just yeet it out into space? <laughs> um, there is a. Uh, so, um, look closer. Okay. So look, this look. is crazy. Uh, well, we got a we got an Evian bottle here. It's also I not, will tell you. Okay. There is a poop emoji on it. You can actually see it in a high-res image. If you're in a high-res image, there's actually... Uh, I don't know if you'll be able to see it on the Skype video we're looking at. Bryce might be able to see it. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking around. I'm scoping through. You've kind of got, uh, you know, a, what looks like a uh, an overhead storage here in the back. Uh, Wait, is it that thing? Oh, it's this yeah. thing! Oh, pan, look up. Pan, what's, what's on the white label? It's, I can see it. It's, it's got a little poop. What it looks like is so we weren't far off with yeeting it into space. Like there's just a little like what what looks like a, like like a cannon turret that I assume is is <laughs> like folded up, mm -hmm. and you can just uh, place your butt right on that and fire one off. So the way it works, like yeah, you, it doesn't go into space. Don't worry, everybody. Um, <laughs> how did you bring down the International Space Station? Funny thing, Justin had this weekend where he let himself eat anything. <laughs> uh, so it's a it's a vacuum tube. It's this vacuum tube sort of thing because you know it's space, and that's the thing that blows my mind. It's on the ceiling. The toilet is on the ceiling, of course, because in space, yeah. it's. But you know, before launch, it's not like you can go like while you're you know sitting on the launch pad and can air like, hey guys, ugh. 
I got it. I'm sorry. I forgot. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, uh, it's up there. But also, uh, this is, I mean, this is the seating sec. This is where the crew is. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not like there's a lot of, is, is they they don't have a curtain or. There might be a curtain that there's something that pulls down probably, Okay. you know, privacy screen, you know, something, something NASA SpaceX term. Cause that's, that's, I mean, on an airplane, right? Airplane, you go into like, they've got a whole little room and the door and the little lock and the little light. This is this is you're you're just a foot away from six other people. <laughs> yeah, well, shame. You're, and you're gonna you're gonna go live in a space station for six months to a year. That's you know got about as much space as you know my apartment. So you're if you're shy, space ain't for you. <laughs> you wouldn't be you wouldn't be on the capsule. To no, begin with. no, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah, you are you are you are already in the one percent of of. Uh, people who are ready to cross the line <laughs> yeah like i'm sure there's like a nasa test where you walk into a room and it's a bunch of researchers in lab coats and there's like a toilet at the other end of the room and maybe like a small little divider no, like go go ahead go <laughs> no? yeah no right now but right there's a screen there you've got a screen yeah but you're gonna can they hear me we're scientists we know what Come it sounds on. like exactly and then all of a sudden, the sound that comes out shocks and delights everybody. And they're like, oh, Armstrong, you're in. Yeah. <laughs> One of them goes, is it supposed to sound like that? That's what, oh. Yeah, I, I, wow, that screen. sounded like a, Who delic- needs a screen. Like a, like a delicate French horn. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mr. Lyndon Johnson. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a feeling when there's a toilet on the ceiling. <laughs> Wow. I wow. Would you okay, show of hands, would you use the space the dragon crew capsule? No, I'm not even waiting for you to, to <laughs> both- Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, of course. What would, would I at the SpaceX factory try to climb inside and support myself by the strap to the ceiling oh, just god, to see? Yeah. Does the suction hold? <laughs> you know, it's got a vacuum in it. <laughs> I'm a nervous. I I think, un, uh, despite my best my best intentions, I think I am a nervous pooper. So I don't know that I could be up in the ISS for that long. <laughs> well, but also it's like no. But this gets to the the point that we made before. If that's where you're drawing the line, then you're not going to be an astronaut. Yeah. There's other things for which will stop you before you get to that point. Now the question would be: All right, Bryce, let's let's fast forward a little bit. Okay, and let's imagine that. We're we're in a world where now, uh, uh, let's say you can go. I know that this is not how it it's actually going to work, but for the sake of this argument, um, that is poop related. There is now a trip from Austin to Tokyo in like an hour, right? But it it includes about a half hour of weightlessness in uh uh you know what is what is thought to be space and it, it's at that moment that it's like boom like you are now free to float about and now you have a chance it's only like maybe 10 people yeah and they're probably gonna hear over whatever sound is is happening they might hear you poop but you really you you got some rudies before <laughs> you uh you left i had i had and, and I had, now I had a large boys, coffee and a soda 
a, a, a rumbly in your tumbly before you land in uh, is it is it uh, exactly like this where there's just yes. a hose in the ceiling okay, now, now now maybe it's a little bit more dressed up okay. maybe like you get a blanket to put over you like, if I had but, a blanket, uh, I think if I had a blanket, I would do. It. I'm not against pooping in space. That's great. I just don't love the idea of taking just a big, what is essentially a big Dyson vacuum hose. <laughs> but now everybody's <laughs> gonna know. Everyone's gonna know. Like you are definitely just putting a blanket over your head, and it's the exact same process. What do you yes, want to bet? Be because okay, the the yes is because. It's an hour-long trip. After 30 minutes, we are back on terra firma, lost among the sea of other humans. But meanwhile, like, there's, like, a, a, a bunch of people pointing at you. There's, like, a <laughs> Japanese mother and daughter, and the daughter's pointing. <laughs> mite, mite. And they're, yeah, exactly. They're just I, saying stuff that you don't understand. Bryce uh, referred to it as a Dyson vacuum, and I'm thinking... You know, SpaceX is pretty smart with their money. I bet a Dyson vacuum would still be more expensive than this. <laughs> probably. Yeah, no, they probably developed something uh, very, very specifically for getting the blank out of your blank. Oh, my goodness. I just, I just, I, I, when I, because I kept wondering, like, they never talk about a toilet. I know there's supposed to be a toilet on there. And then when somebody said, I was on like a Reddit forum, and like, oh, yeah, they even put a poop emoji on it. And then you look and it's like, oh, my God, it's on the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> i love the poop em i like the the poop emoji because it's one of those things where it's like oh yeah we have to universalize this this thing that doesn't look like a oh, toilet yeah. at all so people know it's the toilet. Just, yeah there's something too different about the languages there's a canon, different cultures there's a cannon filled with poo aimed directly at your heads as you're sitting there getting ready to land i mean an amazing I guess also, but this this kind of uh, for for engineering is the same thing as the threshold for the astronauts. If you're already trusting the engineering to put you yeah. into space and bring you back, then you can at that point you've crossed the line of like, will they be able to hold the poop, or am I going to get poop on me? <laughs> oh God, I had not considered that this thing like doesn't even work perfectly. Well, no, no, no. It, I mean, it just, no. Yeah, you know, it does work perfectly. It, 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 it's a chemical toilet in space. That's not plumbing, Bryce. It's not like, like, it's not oh, like no, if, there, if, there, if, there's, there's a vacuum in it. Because remember, it, it, it should be, have a vacuum and everything to sort of. Okay. Yeah, um, but no, but it doesn't, it doesn't lead out anywhere. They have okay. to empty it. No, at the no, end. but it's a pretty, yeah. it's more complicated <laughs> than your toilet, though, I'm saying. Uh, no, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying. I'm just like, Bryce is like, it you doesn't. Just I, no, I'm, I'm imagining the You're Spirit just, Airlines no, version of this where there are holes in the pipe. Yeah, it's messed up. No. I said somewhere, it works perfectly. Somewhere there is a guy at a table at SpaceX factory with wrenches and spreadsheets and stuff, and he just heard you, and he's demoralized, and he just dropped his tools. That's Bryce. That's Bryce. <laughs> no. Bryce is so disrespectful. We should. I mean, and, and he you're won't even get, poop on this flight. You're, like you're gonna disgusting. get you're gonna get a glad bag and an adult diaper mailed to you anonymously in the mail, and say, "Fine, have yeah. it your way." Yes. Exactly. Oh gosh. I just I think like people. People have been working for years to make this thing work right. I, <laughs> I'm just that I'm just disgusting. In, look, the and so that, disrespectful. That's why I said the Dyson. The Dyson always works, but you know that they they keep making. You know, Spirit Airlines is gonna make a Dragon capsule at some point, and you're gonna pay three dollars to I use the pooper, not. and it's not, not even gonna work. 
I'm not going to fly in this, this Spirit Airlines Dragon capsule. <laughs> the mega bus of airfare. I'm, tell, I'm telling you what, at some point after the Wright brothers, there was a conversation where somebody was like, you know, I'll bet you Ted Spirit's family is going to build one of these eventually. And they are having the same conversation. Like, absolutely <laughs> not. I'd never. These guys suck. <laughs> I guess it would be Ted Value Jet before uh, they have to change yeah. the name. Gentlemen, one more story for you. Yep, let's go. Did Digital Domain has been working on VFX for years. They've worked on Titanic. They've worked on, you know, uh, worked on a couple, two of the Avengers movies. They're pretty well known. They're one of the early sort of people to get involved in digital effects. And right now, they're working on creating realistic AI that could be used perhaps as like surrogates or whatnot for video calls. And so there's a demo they have of a character called Douglas, which basically did a, one of these super high resolution scans of an actor and to be able to capture him and then have him be able to do like interviews and talk or be on Zoom. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, just one more sort of effort to sort of, you know, work on creating digital avatars. Yeah. So we've got here and Douglas. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, there's definitely a bunch of people, and then one of them looks like Ronald Reagan from the new Call of Duty. But, uh, so I think, it, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, just the because of the fact that it's not, you know, photorealistic doesn't mean that it's not worthwhile. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty. It's hard because you go in there one. They chose an actor who's kind of looks like a character actor with kind of an expressive face to model it on, and he's a little bit over animated in the video. But mm -hmm. it's still pretty good. I mean, it's still pretty good. I've seen some ones that have just been like eerie, like you couldn't tell the difference of like really good face tracking. So, but you know, just wanted to show what they've been working on. So, yeah, and, you I know, mean, it's real time. Yeah, I think that's that's the big thing is that you know whether or not it's it's like something like this is not necessarily designed to fool, right? Like this is designed to just be a you know, passable enough that it's worthwhile to have them involved in the, in the, in the conversation. Yeah. yeah. And it being real time does kind of change the game a little bit. I mean, when, when you started describing this, it made me think of like, well, how many times in say the, the nineties or the early aughts were their attempts to like make digital, um, you know, digital stars, digital actors and actresses and digital models, um, in the hopes of them being, you know, a global, uh, you know, icon, you know, some big visual icon and those, none of those ever kind of panned out. Um, but to have, have something like this, which is like really high resolution, you know, it, it showed, uh, you know, some hand movement as well as, uh, you know, all of the face and, and lighting stuff, um, it, you know, absent of, you know, the old, uh, attempts to make the next hot Hollywood actress. I, I think this could be a very usable tool um, for, you well, know, for virtual, virtual. Yeah. The, the virtual actor is a celebrity is always sort of a dumb idea, idea to me because it's like, it's like, Oh, how about Jessica rabbit? You know, mm, you know like, you mean the voice, you know, it's great, but like, yeah. it's who, who am I going to follow on Instagram? You know, Oh, you know, the, the avatar for Jessica rabbit got into a fight on, you know, Malibu today, you know, but like, no, it's not, it's not one of the reasons we have celebrities, we follow them. So that's sort of just sort of the silly sort of like, Oh, we'll create a virtual celebrity. Yeah. They're called well, cartoon characters. 
Yeah, right. Yeah, it's called Bugs Bunny, and he exists, yeah. and he's never gonna die, and and he's that'll awesome. be that. And he rules, right? Yeah. So I, I, I think, yeah, I, I agree with you with like the digital celebrity thing. I was having a conversation, I forget who with who, but uh, they were like, "Oh, you know, like that's definitely coming," and I'm like, "Well, no, because like the real reason you put celebrities in movies is so they can do press, like because everybody knows them and they have an expectations, and they and they can then advertise, hey, a relatable experience awaits you.'" at the movies or on demand now right and it's like you're just not gonna have that for a a, a digital thing like it, it, it'll take as much work to create that as it would be to just have it in a person yeah you look at when disney which notoriously cheap um when it comes to casting their animated features they still go for named people they could go and they have actors they have people that can do Tim Allen's voice. They have people that can do Tom yeah. Hanks' voice, which they'll use them for fill-in. They'll use them for the, you know, the, the when they do the TV show versions or whatever. People exist. You know, Shrek, there's a guy whose job is to say the things that Eddie Murphy doesn't want to says he doesn't want to say, and he'll say them. And you don't know when it's him or it's Eddie Murphy, but they can just hire him and it'd be a lot cheaper. Mm -hmm. But uh Jaris in our chat says, Aren't we already seeing the beginning of this with a uh, virtual celebrities with VTubers? Which I feel like that's just a higher fidelity version of like of like what you were talking about, Andrew, of like Bugs Bunny, of of Lola Bunny. These are people using you know uh, a face rig or some other software to have uh, an animated version of themselves appear on screen and their voices in real time, and it's edited and matched up together. Uh, but I or something like the Michaela influencer, right? Like a very obviously not real. Uh, uh, girl who a woman building a brand name on being a virtual person out in real life i mean i think i think you have one-offs like that but that's not that's you're not going to get michaela in the next mission impossible film yeah you might yeah i you're going to get digital extras you're going to get that which we've seen that already and you're going to probably get even more like closer up you know in a restaurant blue screen all of a sudden put people at a restaurant acting as extras that will happen um you know like i said we've seen it in wider shots you know we've seen virtual characters you're gonna see that bigger shot you're gonna get digital actors we've used that to like reconstruct actors like when you know paul walker passed away and you know they try to do mm -hmm. digital versions of him and then use his brothers and stuff and you're, you're gonna get that you know we use that for stunts and stuff and i remember every time like there's a point where movies are like god oh, we're using digital actors to do the stunts you'd see the stunt like it looks horrible <laughs> it looks like a video game cutscene, <laughs> but it's gotten better to the town now the point is you only know when it's bad. You don't necessarily know when it's there. And that's one of the things about VFX is there are good companies. There are bad companies. There are good companies on short deadlines that don't get the time to do it right, you know, and et cetera. And so sometimes mm -hmm. like, oh, it looks bad. It's like, yeah, because they spent under, they underspent. They don't do, do it right. And we see so many VFX today. We don't even realize how much we see. Mm -hmm. But oh, yeah, God, the actors yeah. Like, yeah. I think part of it gets into the idea and, and we've seen this with technology uh, you know, for forever is that specifically with this kind of tech, people just kind of assume that there's magic there. And it's like, oh, well, at a certain point, the computers will get so powerful that we'll just be able to flick a switch. And now a Tom Cruise will pop out and, and there'll be enough technology that just kind of does it without uh, having, you know, anybody behind the steering wheel. When in reality, this is going to be something that like, yeah, you might see somebody that is a virtual celebrity on some level, or let's just say an influencer, but like 
to do it, you would require a staff the likes of, I mean, it would still require probably more human interaction than just having a charismatic person with uh, aesthetically pleasing facial features. Mm -hmm. yeah, they do show one interesting application that I, I think could be very possible, could, could be uh, possibly a cost-effective or effective practical use of this, which is like, um, as uh, like on signage and like in public transit or uh, uh, on phone as like a virtual, uh, like a chat bot, right? So maybe to make it feel like you're talking to a human being, even though you're still going through a chat dialogue tree or something like, like I, I can see that as like a cheap humanizing element um, to, to the real world. Yeah. I mean, there's, I think that you know, we're going to get, you know, if you took, oh, we're going to make an AI version of Rick from Rick and Morty. And yeah. he's going to be a personality and stuff. You put him into scenes and he's going to do Rick stuff and can kind of determine what he's going to do. We're going to capture Royland's voice, but he's going to be able to speak, you know, as, yeah, there's going to be totally, totally, totally feel that. But I don't think we're going to get rid of all actors, you know, or anything like that. I just sent you a link. Remember, uh, you know, the visionary on all this, Mr. Leo Laporte with Dev Knoll. I forgot about this. Oh, yeah. He had a virtual barista character who would talk with Soledad O'Brien. Wow. I forgot about this. Back in 1996, for MSNBC had their show, a series called The Site. And so, yeah, Leo created this. And this was, at the time, was pretty high tech because they had these like a silicon graphics machine to render them in real time to be able to interact. And it was, you know, it was a neat gimmick, but it's not like... This has made journalism better. <laughs> I mean, know? that's that's. I mean, God, what a what an amazing trip back in time to realize that long before MSNBC became what it is today, the initial concept was very much Microsoft. The MS is Microsoft and NBC, and it was like ah, tech and news together on a network, powered by the the the. the, the big tech brand and and the the name and news you trust and then eventually it, it it spun off and became its own thing but uh or the 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 direction of the of the channel became different but wow what an amazing uh, the 90s so that was Boy, did we that that was 96 this just looking a little further down on the wikipedia page the silicon graphics onyx computer that they used to make uh the, again this image of a uh rather 90s cg looking guy very was, very like reboot video toaster uh a, a character there uh cost one million dollars that computer did and you could probably do something you, you could you can do something much nicer on your phone and also wearing a vr uh mocap suit so not you know not uh what we have now where it's no, like it, it would just, be it would be a hilariously dated for effect snapchat filter now like it would be one that you'd be like oh it looks like crap for fun right right oh my gosh just looking up the uh, the specs on the silicon graphics onyx computer yeah because i mean uh uh 20 years i'm sure has been uh uh <laughs> we've come a lot we've come a long way baby come a hey, long listen, way it, uh it had you could put between, I don't know which one they were using. You could put between like two to eight in the, the single rack between two to eight CPUs. You could have a memory up to 16 gigabytes. Oh my God. 
Well, what did they know? They would have had this would have been the follow up on them. Anyhow, um, yeah, computers are awesome <laughs> and they keep progressing. And the, the crazy thing now is when we look at now, we're like, ah, our phones are amazing to do this. But we also know, yeah, but like 10 years from now, you know, yeah, it's wow. like, do you look at ever look at a non retina display now? N- no, but. I'm sweet Lord. I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> All you see is the lines. You're like, how could I? How could I even see this how thing? Did we I do just, it? This is this is primitive. Mm-hmm. Like, we get so used to it, and then yeah, all marches I had, forward. I, so we'll I I had a I had a very uh, uh, tech uh, moment where I realized how primitive I was. Uh, we were driving down to San Diego, where I was when we did the last show. I didn't realize that in the car that we just bought, the rear view mirror is a camera. Oh, nice. And I didn't realize that until I turned it on or I was trying to adjust it and I and I turned it on and I was like a caveman. I was just like, ah, ah. I'm, I'm driving and I'm like, too right. Stop! Get it away! No! I love the idea of adjust trying to adjust it as if that will do anything to the angle. But well, no, no, no. I no because it, it, it still works as a mirror, right? It, like it still does function as a regular. Like so, the camera can go out, and it's it's not like you have no view in the in the back. But when you you know the 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 the, the switch to turn it on is like what you would used to do to like flip it from like down to up basically it's like that little notch at the very bottom mm. oh yeah and so i moved i moved the notch and it just was now this like brilliant display and i was just i was terrified it was it was like showing an iphone to somebody in in, in the colonial era <laughs> <laughs> oh wow uh but anyway yeah. so yeah th- th- this is these are things that happen y'all want to do picks yeah. let's pick it up i got a pick um, I, uh, I think I'm actually almost done with this. I, I started playing this, uh, uh, in earnest over the weekend and, um, I, it, it is given out, is being given out free to people, uh, uh, who have a PlayStation five, which I do. Um, it is the, uh, new game from young horses called bug snacks. Uh, this thing is kind of interesting. Um, it has a very cutesy aesthetic. The idea is that you go to, uh, a deserted or quote unquote deserted or uh, uh, partially civilized island where these the bug snacks these creatures that are um, made out of food um, uh, are run rampant and your job is to catch them and to feed them to people and when you feed them to people parts of their body uh, change to match whatever you fed them um, it's very the 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 promotion for this is very cutesy because they had um, a popular uh, indie pop group make the theme song for it. And uh, the actual game itself is actually kind of emotionally heavy, kind of, right? You're dealing with this village of about 12 people who, like, at one point were trying to work together and live on this island and all achieve their own different goals and, like, fought and had a big blow up and actually separated. So the whole point of the game is you're trying to bring everybody together 
and actually resolve these like emotional conflicts. And so you're kind of watching as you are walking people through dealing with, you know, marriage, you know, issues with their marriage or their relationship or their social relationships with other people, uh, you know, and, and that's what surprised me the most is not like the actual gameplay itself is kind of rudimentary, right? Like go and uh, leave a trap out or cover it with this material that the bugs like or bump this bug into the other bug and then you can catch you know it, it's uh, that that part's rather plain but i'm i'm surprised at the emotional maturity of of a kind of bright and vibrant game like this um it's also not very long which is nice um uh i i'd probably say in the 10 hour range if that um but it's it's it, the the um, the emotional stuff is what really surprised me here because you you all the videos and stuff you think oh it's like it's a pokemon right you're going and catching all yeah. these crazy creatures and you're turning your friends into food stuffs um but the that that little bit of emotional depth was was uh, uh a nice surprise so i i'm digging bug snacks if you've got a playstation 5 you can get it for free it's on pc and playstation 4 right now it's also relatively cheap so uh that's a, a pick from from me it just sounds a little bit like the three body problem in disguise really and the <laughs> premise there is that the you know there's people are playing this big game that is actually you know i don't want to spoil it but like somebody's trying to indoctrinate you into some sort of alien life cycle thing mm. well they want to be eaten they, no they want to they want you to feed them to the other ones oh even though they're sentient and adorable like mm -hmm. there's you're being propagandized and i don't know to what for this is and that's we knew it was coming that's a function here right the whole point yeah. is that these two pivotal centers of the community have disappeared and so you're getting everyone together to find them and isn't it crazy that it seems like there's a weird monster on the island and i you know i i don't know exactly how that unfolds but uh you're you're right andrew that's not that actually does sound very similar to the other thing that you described <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I started, we, Ashley and I stopped watching the crown after the first season because there's only really? so much that I can handle the, the hero and protagonist of our story, uh, heroically not do anything. <laughs> um, like I, I just, every episode in the first season was like, like, oh, the queen wants to use a fork. Uh, 50 people talking about how the queen has never used a fork. And if she uses a fork, then the entire British Commonwealth will fall apart. And then heroically, she doesn't use the fork at the end. And everyone's like, oh, what a bold and brave stance. Uh, that being said, everybody's raving. I mean, apparently the show is amazing and great. And uh, the new season came out. So we're like, let's give the crown another shot started season two of the crown and i've liked it a lot more largely because uh it has just kind of fully descended into uh, a very like soap opera-y <laughs> like who's you know a, a gossipy sort of world and and i presume that that's kind of where things continue to go considering this most recent season is dealing with a uh, you know, Princess Diana and stuff like that, where you are in full tilt, you know, a uh, royal family gossip stuff. And and uh, so I have liked it. The, the less that it's about um, how important it is to have a queen and the more it's about, hey, isn't this crazy rich family doing crazy rich family stuff uh, with 
gigantic vista shots and uh, above average acting, the the happier I am with with the crown. So uh, season two of the crown, that's my pick. Nice. I I've only just started the show I'm about to talk about. I think I'm only maybe two episodes in, and I've heard really good stuff about it from like family, but I hadn't really heard anything kind of in the in the social media. And then I would keep seeing it in the Apple TV like selection store. And then I found out that you can get this with Peacock. So I'm saying, no, now I recently subscribed to Peacock, finally. I want you to imagine Game of Thrones set in modern-day Montana. Oh, okay. And you have Yellowstone. I've heard great stuff about this. So Kevin Costner plays the patriarch of a family that has the largest, like the largest ranch in the United States, which is on the edge of Yellowstone. And he has to contend with one. There's a developer that wants to build a big, and some of this is based on real stuff like this happened in Montana. One's a developer that wants to create this big, huge, you know, suburb of, you know, developed homes, et cetera. And then the other is dealing with the local Indian tribes who have been there for everybody else and have an interest there and in dealing with a lot of the problems of the reservation from poverty, et cetera, exploitation. And you've got these three sort of different factions and then his own family, which is pretty messed up, trying to navigate all of this. And this is a guy who's, you know, trying to keep this largest cattle ranch, you know, this amazing piece of property, et cetera. Um, so I, I've heard um, that this is great. Um, and that, uh, previous to it being on Peacock, it was stuck on the Paramount channel or something yeah, like it was Paramount channel. Yeah. And that that's, that's cool. It's, it's cool to hear that this is cool is good. And it's kind of similar to, I guess, uh, like search party a little bit on HBO max where it had a few seasons already. So when you dive in on, you know, a more accessible platform, you kind of have yeah. a lot to dig into. That's kind of, that's cool, man. And by the way, I, I was looking at, at the IMDb, as uh as bryce was showing it and it, it's taylor sheridan is one of the creators that's uh the hell or high water guy right yep so yeah yeah already a pedigree for for that kind of uh uh you know sicario that that you know in 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 the wiles of america what can go on in these uh in these kind of uh, with these sort of characters and those sort of spaces which is rad yeah i, I like it so far because it's there's, although it's kind of the, the center of the story is Kevin Costner and his family. And I think everybody's really well cast. And then, but you realize that it's not like, oh, and then anybody he's against is a villain. Like, no, like, you know, the, the, you know, the Indian tribes, like they've got, they've got, you know, their, their clear way of seeing, you know, how they look at things. And you can be sympathetic to that. The land developer, you know, <laughs> it's, there's, He's kind of a sleazy sort of guy, but really he just wants to, you know, build a land, build development, you know, and we'll see where things are going to go. And, and Costner is like, like uh, Don Corleone level, like when it comes to like getting things done. And so it is way, I'm like, what's it going to be like? Just people try, oh, we lost the cow. Go find the cow. We found the cow. Yay. Yeah. Let's watch Hee Haw. Um, no, it's, 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 betrayal gunfights all sorts of stuff in kind of realistic sort of ways you know so well that's heightened yeah that's that's awesome because also tv costner like you get you yeah. get like a, a, an actor a, a real movie star like like costner just to 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 act on that stage is just 
dope. Yeah. And and just, I mean, a great cast. You know, Wes Bentley plays one of his sons. I mean, it's just a really good, you know, all-around cast. So, anyhow, Yellowstone is my pick so far. Nice. Boom. Gentlemen, it's been weird. <laughs> Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>